Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 35. We are your weekly dose of video game news, reviews, opinions, and discussions. My name is Brian Oski. And I'm Awesome Morales. Today we got a special guest. Her name is Valerie, also known as Tifa Online. And she'll be joining us to talk about Rocket League, The Walking Dead Michonne, Street Fighter V, The Witness, and Battlefront's new map. So without further ado, let's cue the music. Welcome to The Inner Gamer. Today we have a uh, special interview with uh, Valerie, who is from the DFW area, and she is a cosplayer, podcaster, blogger, and a gamer. Welcome, Valerie. Thank you for having me. I know it's a kind of a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's awesome. That's a lot of stuff. That is a lot of stuff. So, Very impressive resume. Tell us a little bit about yourself, like how you got into, got into, let's, let's start specifically with cosplaying. How did you get into okay. cosplay? So um, with cosplay, um, it, it's interesting. I kind of got into it after I went to a convention my very first time, which was uh, Project Acon. I was 21 at the time, which is quote unquote old in cosplay years. Um, <laughs> and I just saw all these people dressed up and I was like, what are these people doing? This is so cool. Like I saw Mario, I saw Cloud Strife and I was just like, I wanted to learn more about this stuff. So I asked them and they said, what are you guys doing? They said, it's called cosplay. They told me a little bit about it. I went home, got on my computer, started Googling with it. And I was just, I got hooked. I was like, this is so cool. It's such a fun, unique way of expressing your fandom without having to draw, without having to write, without having to paint, because I can not draw stick figures very well. <laughs> but I can sew, and I've been sewing since I was like five years old. So I was like, I'm going to start making my own costumes because this is cool and I want to be a part of it. <laughs> So at that time, how did you express your fandom? Um, well, for me, I've always been kind of a gamer. Like the joke in my family is that I came out of the womb and I was already playing on the Atari. Nice. So uh, I've been a longtime gamer and I've never really found my way of expressing my fandom. And I've always been such a creative person that cosplay really became my way of expressing myself. Okay. Um, were your was were your parents gamers or are they gamers? My dad is most certainly the gamer of the family. Okay. Um, <laughs> my mom has always tolerated it, and I think she's respected the art form as we've gotten more involved into gaming. But my dad was pretty much like, you know, he started out with the Atari and a ColecoVision. He made sure that we were the first on the block to get a Nintendo. Like, he was nice. all about, we got to get everything done. And he still <laughs> he still loves gaming. He still builds his own PCs. Um, and funny enough, for, like the longest time he was really big on like war simulators. Now he's playing MMOs. That's crazy. <laughs> what, what, what MMO is he playing right now? Uh, right now he's playing Rift. He's playing okay, Defiant. Okay. Uh, both of those games are built by Tryon Studios, which my brother works for. So that oh, kind of nice. helps a okay. little. <laughs> um, and uh, he's also playing Star Wars The Old Republic. <laughs> nice, nice. Wow. I convinced awesome. him to be a Sith, so it's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> Are you Sith or Jedi? I'm 100% Sith. Sith all the way. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> so, um, so what was the, so looking at gaming here real quick, what was the uh, game that started it for you? Like what was, what was that, that, that game that like just pushed you into the gaming world? For me, I would have to say Nights into Dreams. Uh, for those who don't know, it's a Sega Saturn game. So very, very old school. Okay. Um, to me, that was the video game where I knew that games could be art. 
Yeah. It was just so beautiful and it moved so well. The story was fantastic. And it wasn't like a very difficult or complicated game. Cause I mean, you're just this weird little jester character that flies around the world and there's five levels. Woo, you're done. <laughs> but it was just so pretty and it always just sparked my interest. And I was just like, okay, whatever I do for the rest of my life, I want to be involved in video games somehow. That, that was basically my aha moment. Huh. Interesting. So when, when did that game come out? Like what, what year was that? Do you remember? Oh, gravy. Uh, I, I'm totally not Googling this right now. Oh no. Hey, <laughs> that's, that's oh, please, fun, please. Yeah. 1995. Oh man. So that probably okay. put me at 11 years old. Okay, cool. That's, that's just, that's insane. So that's yeah. a year before we got the uh, Nintendo 64. So Jeez. That's pretty awesome. That, that's crazy. I, I, we keep looking at all these things like, man, I can't believe how much time has passed. I, oh, yeah. It was just only yesterday. I'm like, man, <laughs> I hit that point in life. <laughs> I'm not even 30 yet. Right? It, it feels weird to, to think about like that being 20 years, like 20, or that's basically 21 years, I guess. Yeah. It, it's, it's surprising how quickly time flies by. And at the same time, I look at how games are today and they're still so much similar to what we were playing 20 years ago. A lot of the right, same yeah. concepts and design principles are still there. Yeah, surprised we haven't really advanced yet so yeah. much. Especially really, stories, you know? Exactly. It's been a lot of like visual and technical challenges, but not so much story or character development. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. We only have like a handful of games like Bioshock mm -hmm. Infinite or Bioshock in general. Yeah. yeah. Bioshock is stories. Great, great game. Um, so we'll get back into some more gaming here in a little bit, but uh, back to the cosplaying stuff. Do you sure. uh, do you make a living with cosplay? Like, do you commission things, or do you like how does how does that work? So right now, um, I do take commissions, kind of like as a secondary side job. I do okay. have a nine to five job um, as a digital media manager for a really cool firm. So oh, cool. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to give that up because I can play on social media all day and get paid for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I do take commissions on the side and I do it all through uh, the Etsy platform. So okay. basically yeah, it's yeah. just people can come to me and I have a couple of small pre-made items. Like I do yeah. icky scarves and like earrings and jewelry and stuff like that. Um, but they can also like request custom outfits from me. And I've done everything from like Final Fantasy 14 gear. I've made Resident Evil stuff. You know, you name it. I probably have had my hand on it somewhere. So how much does some one of those costs if they get you to make it? Yeah, yeah. It'll vary. Um, like on the low end, um, I've sold some stuff for like $100 before. Um, but then there's some things that I've sold for like $800, $900. Whoa. Okay. Um, it's one of those things where you have to factor in the materials and the cost of time it takes to make some of those products. Mm -hmm. um, materials in particular can really, really vary because some people are like, oh, you know, I can just go to this website in China and get the same costume for $500 less and I'm only spending 125 and it's like, that's great. If you want to go that route, cool. Keep in mind, they're using much cheaper materials and they're working on a factory line. So it's, it's going to be gonna fall apart. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be a much lesser quality and it's going to fall apart after a couple of wearings. Whereas something that I do is going to be fully lined. All the seams are done correctly. The hemming is done correctly. It's going to be great material. It's going to look like you stepped out of the game. Pick or choose. <laughs> right, right. I guess sometimes you just don't have the money. That's how you have yeah, to do it. And, you know, and I'm a big fan of people cosplaying however they want to cosplay. So if you want to go buy the Chinese outfit, go for it. I am not going to stop you. 
I just like to present everybody with all of their options and say, you know, here's A, B, C, and D. You pick what your budget will allow. Yeah. So I'm curious, um, after you make a costume, um, do people sell it or do they keep it? Like, I, I, I see people who are like creating costumes all the time. I'm like, where, where do you keep all of that? <laughs> uh, we tend to supplement all of our other fun stuff for costumes. Like, I have two closets in my bedroom that is completely filled with costumes. Wow. That's <laughs> and impressive. that's all I have in there. <laughs> I have um, a really bad habit of making a new costume for myself almost every convention. I try really hard to rewear my old ones, and I don't do it for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and it's turned into a bad habit. And things that I've been trying to get better about it, I really have been. But for me, a lot of the costumes I make are like bodysuits. So they're yeah. mm. pretty much conformed to my size, and not very many people can wear it. I can't really sell them. So I'm yeah. like, oh, well, I can't sell them and I don't want to throw them out. I feel like that's a waste. I'll just keep them in my closet. <laughs> <clears throat> well, eventually you might have a pretty awesome collection. You could just like sell as like art or something almost because right. I mean, they're pretty fantastic looking. So, And you were finding what's funny is that more and more conventions are treating cosplay as art. So yeah. they're actually having like costume exhibits that you can walk through and you can see other cosplayers work. It's, oh, it's that's really awesome. cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Where, where did you see that at? I haven't. Well, I mean, I'm new to cosplay, so. <laughs> um, Dragon Con started doing it last year. Okay. Um, totally would recommend doing that one again. It was really cool to see p- other people's work on display. Um, and then actually this weekend, there's a convention called Anime Matsuri taking place in Houston. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. And that they just started doing a cosplay collection as well. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so tell me a little bit about your, oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Tell me a little bit about your technique, like when it comes to coming up with a new design, mm-hmm. you're about to start developing it, like what's that process look like? So whenever I decide on a costume that I want to make, uh, basically what I do is I take that costume and I start breaking apart all the little pieces that are involved with it. So I can kind of figure out, okay, how am I going to make this thing into reality? And usually what happens is I try to sketch out the outfit even in my really crappy <laughs> method. Yeah. So just so I can be like, okay, where am I going to put the seams? What's this material going to be made out of, you know, just kind of piece together how I'm going to make this weird thing in the game come to life. And it's really a lot of ingenuity and trying to be like a myth buster and just make magic happen out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's usually how I started out with is I like to sketch it figure out how it's going to be put together, then I'll go out and actually start collecting the materials for it. Now, on the, the materials end, I was talking to somebody about it, and they were going into all these things that I've never heard of before, but, like, what's your, where do you go for materials? Like, what, like, do you go to, like, stores local, or do you order things online, or how does that work? I do a little bit of both. Okay. Um, one thing I do is I tend to plan my cosplays maybe about a year in advance, Oh, wow. Mostly so I can stock up on coupons. Because <laughs> <laughs> nice. there's certain things like winter fabric, like with my Kanesana costume that you all saw at PAX South. Yeah. Uh, the materials for that one, I started picking up those materials about a year in advance, like in the summer, when all that stuff was half off, because who really wears velvet and furs in the summer? Right. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you get all that stuff on discount. So I was like, great, uh, that's a perfect time to start getting all that material coming together. Interesting. So it is all about planning. Oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah, it's a ton of planning. of planning. I've got um, two calendars stuck on my crafting room wall. 
that I actually write out, you know, okay, you know, this is when I'm gonna get stuff done. This is when I'm going to start sourcing fabric. So like my year is planned out already on these two calendars. (laughs) Wow. So how many uh, cosplay costumes do you have planned out? Oh my goodness. So this year I only have four. Okay. I'm taking it really easy on myself to try and force myself to wear my older costumes. Okay. (laughs) See how well that works. (laughs) What's a lot for you then? Um, usually about seven to eight a year. Seven to eight? Seven to eight. Usually that's about normal for me. Okay. And what's the most expensive costume you have? Oh my goodness. Probably my Queen Amidala outfit. Queen Amidala. Um, Really? I did. Yeah. Oh yeah. I did episode one. It's the black decoy gown. It's the one outfit in the movie that, uh, Natalie Portman does not wear. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, that one I used real silk. I used velvet. Um, I made my own lace on that sucker. I used Swarovski crystals. Like I went the full nines on wow. that sucker. So I'm guessing there's a lot of sewing involved in doing something like that. Good gravy, yes. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I was. I took a course because I, I did graphic design in college, okay. and um, part of that was doing a lot of art classes leading up to it. Like they had to make sure that we understood art and drawing and sketching. Cause that's a lot of, I mean, that's the same thing we do. Like when I do a website or if I do a design or whatever, it starts in the sketching phase. And uh, one of the classes we had to take was a 3d design class. And I thought it was going to be like, okay, you're going to learn <laughs> how to do 3d digital design, but no, it was actual 3d art pieces. So like plaster wow. molds and brazing in the, in the, room with the uh, blowtorch and stuff like that and then sewing and i had never sewed anything before in my life and i was in this class with i want to say 15 there was 15 of us in there two guys and then 13 girls and so they most of them had had some kind of experience but these two guys had never even touched a sewing machine in their life so my my professor comes up to me is like hey I want to show you some real quick. So I go over to the one of the girls that's sitting there and she's like, all right, teach him how to sew on the, on the machine. And she was like, okay. So she sits there and spends like three minutes with me, like working on trying to show me. And I'm just like sitting there fumbling around and stuff. <laughs> and then she pulls that girl away and was like, all right, you go back to sewing and I'm going to take her over here. So I'm sitting there I'm like, okay, I guess I'll do this and try and figure it out. So I'm trying to fumble with the machine. Then not even like five minutes later, he brings the other guy over and is like, okay, now show him how to do it. I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? So that was a good entry into- uh, Did you learn? I did actually. I I sewed a pretty awesome project there, but I don't remember it now because I only did one project and I didn't touch it after that. But I have have some basic ideas about sewing because we had to start with the- uh, uh, hand sewing too so we had to take um, oh, man. Oh, man. the knitting yeah the, with the uh, the needle and the thread yeah. but we were oh, having to you. do it with burlap so oh. we had to like like get our I mean our, our hands were like just destroyed after this oh, so yeah. it's a really interesting process to learn how to do that wow. Definitely, it, it really is yeah. and I guess that probably the way that you did it may have been the best especially you just kind of throw you in there and crash course and like play with the buttons good luck yeah I think so I mean just like hope <laughs> just, you don't like sew your hand right exactly you know whatever but <laughs> it was pretty cool so I, I definitely have a great appreciation for that that craft because it's a uh, it's so, definitely challenging so blood, i always sweat and up. tears going to these costumes oh yeah very literally and i have some friends who are like i literally bled on this costume because i poked my finger so many times with the needle <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because it's for me, sewing is second nature because I've been doing it for so long. And I mean, I've been sewing my own clothes since I was like seven or eight years old. So wow. for me, this is nothing. Oh, wow. 
But I know some people who make these fantastic armor pieces or can build these props. And I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> right? <laughs> Show me how to do these magical <laughs> things you can do with armor because I don't get that. Yeah, recently so, yeah. I've been looking at the Warbler plastic oh, yes. stuff. And, like, we follow um, Lady Devin uh, from Twitch. She's making some... Um, armor, armor, or something or another. I forget which game it is, yeah. but man, does it look amazing! The things you can do with that, I'm like, ah. I mean, I I love Legos and I love kind of like building stuff, and mm-hmm. I'm into like you know, I I went to school for film, so you know, I like to build a timeline when I'm editing. Nice. So just like I kind of want to do that, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can see myself like getting very frustrated and then quitting eventually. Yeah, yeah. that that's and definitely what ends up happening with me, and I've played with Warbla and Wonderflex and all these thermoplastics, but if it's like not a little accessory, my brain just kind of goes into what the hell just happened mode. <laughs> I just can't make it work out. I'm like, friends, help me make this beautiful thing because I can't do it. Like sewing, no problem. No, but right. like props, just don't don't even put them near me. <laughs> yeah, I'm a perfectionist, so I'm like, I'd be there for hours on like exactly. one little inch of it. Like it's not straight yet. <laughs> I like, let's start over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it probably doesn't help with you being a film student because I've got three film degrees, so I totally understand. <laughs> oh, nice. Which degrees you get? Let's see. I've got a bachelor, master's, and an honorary PhD. Dang. Wow. So you I have know, a PhD right? in film. Uh-huh. I didn't know wow. they existed. That's that's crazy. They that's do impressive. exist. Wow. And, and I talk about video games all day. That's that's what I get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's where I put my degree to use. I know, I know how you feel. Well, luckily we kind of found a way to use my degree in, yeah. uh, in this making the videos and stuff so. yeah, yeah well, I mean, exactly you know there's some something to like you know playing video games and capturing the oh, uh, yeah, the, whole the, cinematic. Film, the cinematic essence of what you're watching and then all the story driven stuff I mean it's starting to seep film stuff is starting to seep more and more into video games which is cool so oh, yeah. oh exactly um, I mean you look at something like Until Dawn is a fantastic example that yes. looks like a film and it feels like a film now that's one I want to play yeah. really bad I've heard I've heard it's it was kind of one of those sleeper hits that mm-hmm. it not a lot of press got out about it, but they said it was a pretty cool game to play. Yeah, it's it's definitely a game where I've seen a number of YouTubers pick up on it, and that's really helped propel the sales of the game. Yeah, it's, it's just really much about branching stories, and you got the butterfly effect going on, and you have so many different outcomes with how you play the game. So it's kind of cool to go back through and replay it multiple times. Yeah, I need to do that. I've yet to play it. I was yeah, I was just one of the sleepers. I was like, ah, you know, there's other things out right now. I yeah, <laughs> so. there are way too many games. Um, so what was the first character you made, and why did you make that character? So my very first costume was uh, the Red Mage artifact armor from Final Fantasy XI. Okay. Probably the worst idea ever for a first costume because it's <laughs> very complicated, and you have a structured and very tailored coat. The hat is so ridiculously unique that you just can't buy one and then modify it you kind of have to make your own and at that time I hadn't been sewing for a couple of years like I had taken a long enough break that I didn't remember certain techniques yeah it was not the best idea in the universe but I'm glad I did it (laughs) hey just jump on in you know so is this the one I'm trying to look look it up online here to refresh my memory does it have like a like a hat with a like feathers on top and yeah that's yeah. the uh, pimp hat yep yeah okay yeah there you go <laughs> that looks that looks pretty complicated yeah i'm the yeah, same I'm way sorry. i would just jump right in and be like yeah let me just pick the hardest coolest looking thing i can i could do and then after yeah. the fact be like ah uh, what did i do 
like, what was I thinking? This yeah. was such a stupid idea. I mean, I had I only gave myself a month to do it too, so oh, it was just man. like this was not the smartest idea in the universe, but that's okay. I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so that was your first one. What's been your favorite one to do or create so far? Ooh, so probably, oh man. So as far as the creation, it's probably going to be a toss up between my Kane Sena and my Lady Eboshi from Princess Mononoke. Oh, nice. And both of those, because I really adore those characters. I think they're very interesting unique characters and I love their perspective and I can relate to them on so many different levels. But I think they both provided me with unique technical challenges that I haven't experienced before. Um, with Kane Sena, it was working with new materials and really trying to clean up my finishings and playing with Warble a lot more to get all my accessories done. Not to mention that wig was just unique and cumbersome on so many levels. Um, and then with Lady Eboshi, I really wanted to make that historically accurate even though it comes from an anime, the anime is in a, a real time period. And uh, Studio Ghibli took a lot of effort to making sure that all the clothing matched the time period. So I That's wanted to cool. do the same thing. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of anime, uh, <laughs> to get off on a little tangent, what's your favorite anime right now? And then what is one anime, movie, or show that everyone should watch? Ooh. Oh. Big questions, I know. Those are big questions. Uh, and I'm terrible because I have not been catching up on anime at all lately. I am so out of the loop on anime. It's not even funny. Ah, uh, goodness. You know what? I don't know. I have no idea. I do encourage everybody to watch Evangelion. Because if you haven't seen Evangelion, then you don't know anything about anime. Oh, um, man. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am thinking I know some stuff. <laughs> Bam. Bam. But for current anime like the last one i watched was kill a kill and that's not current <laughs> interesting that's, this is true that's kind of old in terms of like cosplay years now <laughs> oh yeah yeah i've seen some stuff recently but then i don't know how old the pictures i've been seeing are yeah. <laughs> hmm. i know nothing about anime so this is this is foreign to me <laughs> yeah my yeah. my current anime for me is like the early 90s stuff like you can throw sailor moon and dragon ball z at me right. all day and happy camper um, no, my I'm more of a gamer, yeah, hardcore. <laughs> yeah, good deal, good deal. Um, so, what have been some of the biggest challenges you've experienced with cosplaying thus far? So, I think for me, um, the social aspect of cosplay has really been my biggest challenge because um, with me, I have anxiety and just a social awkwardness to me. Okay. And through video games and cosplay, like both of those together, have really helped me break out of my shell and become much more active in the community. Um, but I think in particular, social media has been a really big hurdle to overcome with cosplay. It's it's a really cool tool that has given cosplayers the ability to put themselves out there, to meet more people, to really get involved and see these cool things. At the same time, it's kind of turned into this competitive environment between cosplayers. Uh, yeah, And that's uh -oh. really unfortunate to see because there's so many cool ideas out there and these really nifty costumes and it seems so silly that our tiny community has all this infighting but social never, media never would have guessed that yeah social media kind of propels that forward and it, mm -hmm. it's unfortunate i mean i think you get that everywhere any any aspect of any industry or oh, know, yeah. hobby but i mean that, that could be good on some levels but I'm, i was looking at a lot of pictures and some videos from uh, katsucon that happened mm -hmm. recently I was like, man, like, it just seems like everyone's friendly. Everyone's, like, hanging out with each other, like, taking pictures. I'm like, 
That seems really, really awesome. I wish I could be a part of that. Yeah, and you know what's funny is that the infighting is really just a tiny, tiny fraction of the community, just like it is anywhere else. I mean, we could say the same thing about gaming. We could say the same thing mm-hmm. about comic books. I mean, the vast majority are really cool, really nice, friendly people. But with social media and the internet, it's become more pervasive that the small minority of angry people who want to <laughs> pick on each other right. are the loudest voices. Yeah. It's usually like that and it, everywhere. It oh, yeah. So um, I, I'm kind of the same way. You're kind of speaking to me when you're talking about the anxiety, social anxiety sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, and I've actually figured out my first cosplay I want to do. And I was thinking, I was like, man, I have to go out there and people are going to take pictures with me right? and talk to me. I'm like, ah. <laughs> But, it's uh, really unnerving. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm not used... I'm used to it. I like, like, you know, more of a friendly setting, not so much. Like, I don't want to be in the limelight, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I know I'm doing a podcast, which <laughs> that's the, like, ultimate goal, basically. Right. That, that's kind of counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, it's a good test to kind of... I mean, if you are, you know, that way and you're kind of introverted and stuff like that, I mean, finding something that you're really passionate about and mm-hmm. just you know going all in with it like is a good right. way to <clears throat> so, i mean I think, I think that's the biggest way to yeah break out of your shell is just to, oh, yeah. to go find something you really enjoy that you're gonna stay keep passionate about and then stick well, with know, it uh, and then yeah colin moriarty from psx i love you xoxo he's actually the same way yeah i would never guess that from yeah. listening to him on the podcast but well, yeah because yeah, he's cool with wow. that greg miller's the one who's like all like ah, yeah, he's, he's out. yeah he's more extroverted <laughs> yeah the, what was it the video game awards he was the one who gave like a speech and stuff yeah yeah he I did he's like man that guy's got balls not really <laughs> i mean he does but you know that's so funny <laughs> um so uh okay so we kind of talked about cosplay community um so so you said that it's it's kind of I guess it's kind of in a competitive environment on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, is there I mean is there any hostility you've ever experienced like anything like that or is it just kind of more just you know you, there's it's kind of a underwritten like competitive edge. I don't know does that make sense at all? No, it, it definitely does make yeah. sense, and I I have firsthand experience people being very hostile to me at, at all places during my very first cosplay contest oh wow, um, okay yeah it happened and it was my first contest i won best in show which i totally did not expect um and then there was just this massive amount of hate towards me and all the winners and even the judges on the really? uh yeah on the convention forums wow it, that shocked the crap out of me what? i was like what, what, Everybody was so nice to me. What the heck happened? <laughs> what did they say? Um, a lot of it was just, you know, that they chose the wrong people to win, that gotcha. this person's costume was falling apart at the seams. Things were, like, popping off. And I was like, what costume are you talking about? All right. This wow. is still in one piece. I'm looking at it right now. I have no touch-ups. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy part about it, too, is, like, I feel like, I mean, there are some definitely standouts that just – aren't as good as the others but right. the people that are all really into it most of it comes down to like i mean it's all subjective like, oh, yeah. like whether you like this character more than this character you know could influence your decision to say yes i like this person versus this person mm-hmm. and you know stuff like that is just there's always going to be something like that that comes into it yeah there's um, definitely gray areas when it comes to judging like for me in particular i whenever i judge a contest i always look at not just the craftsmanship but how well people get into character okay and for me like the people who stand out are the ones who act their butts off 
Like you could have the coolest mech costume in the world, but if you're not portraying the mech properly, but the school did a fantastic job and has equal craftsmanship, I'm going to give it to the schoolgirl. That's interesting. So, so how big is that in the cosplay? Is there a lot? Is just a lot of both sides? You know, or you know what? I think that the competitiveness and the cattiness—it really is just a really, really small fraction of the community. Um, it just happens to come out at very unfortunate times, <laughs> and people make a really big stink about it. Because um, overall, like, the only reason I keep doing this is because I meet amazing people. I get yeah. to hang out with cool people all the time, make new friends, get to learn about new fandoms. I mean, I wouldn't have gotten into Kill a Kill if I didn't talk to all these people and go to anime cons. I mean, that's how I get to play a lot of the new indie games that I'm so into. I had no clue what Undertale was until a couple of months ago. Okay. And yeah. seeing all my friends talk about it, going to conventions and people cosplaying from it. And I was like, I want to learn more about this game. Let me jump into this. So how many people actually prefer to play the part opposed to those who don't? Is that kind of even on both sides? or? I think it's probably about even. Um, I think what's funny is that one thing that really stands out to me, what cosplay is, is the play portion of it. Like you should be acting like the character. Not gotcha. all the time, of course, because God forbid we don't want that running around in convention halls. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But like when you're being photographed when you're on the cosplay stage for a contest or when you're being you know videoed you, you really want to try to be the character and i think that's what part of the cosplay action is um but yeah i'd say maybe about 50 50 as far as like acting like the character okay that's good to know i was all worried i was like man do i have to play a part <laughs> i'm not there yet <laughs> no no don't worry about that because even i when i'm in normal mode or and i'm in a costume i'm just like oh whatever it's not until the camera is up and running that i actually try my best to get into character gotcha, gotcha. okay um so what, what's the what's the best con you've been to so far my absolute Here. favorite is WonderCon. WonderCon. Um, okay yeah it's basically the little sister of, of san diego comic-con okay um, and it takes place usually about the springtime, and they keep moving it back and forth. It used to be in uh, San Francisco. Now it's in Anaheim. Okay. Oh, okay. I actually but wanted yeah, to go to that it, this year, but I don't know anything about it. <laughs> yeah, think of it as like literally mini San Diego Comic Con, but they have a lot more oh. gaming and anime there. Oh. That's, so it's that's a lot kinda, more open, a lot more that. friendly. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, try, we, we like literally, I got on my computer last weekend at 11, whenever the San Diego Comic-Con thing oh, yeah. started happening and just waited and waited and waited for like two hours and yep. never got a ticket. I was so upset. Yeah, my kept spinning for like a good three hours and I was like, is it my turn yet? And it finally popped up and I was like, it's nope. sold out. <laughs> yeah, right. I was yeah. like, oh, Saturday sold out. Oh, that's fine. Friday sold out. Uh, I mean, at, uh, least, at least there's Sunday. I didn't know it was so hard to get tickets for that. Oh, man. It, good luck with SDCC. I mean, I'm at the point where if I don't know an insider, it's probably not even worth trying. It's yeah. just impossible. Man, that was on my bucket list this year. I've been like so pumped with like all these conventions. And that was like the top one. It, oh, yeah. It was ripped from my soul. Yeah. It, it's like going to like it's like it's your holy place <laughs> right you need to make the trip out there eventually when you <laughs> oh, get <yeah>. the tickets <laughs> what does it call when you have to do like a, a homage or something across yeah i'm trying to think of what that is <laughs> um so WonderCon, you said it's in anaheim that's like outside of la isn't it it is know. yeah okay cool man i just want to go to san diego too oh well. <laughs> san Diego's fun. yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go either either way but I've been I've been looking for uh, you know cons that are kind of like San Diego Comic Con or up and coming cons you know that mm-hmm. still aren't like huge and you can still get tickets for but like right. still have a big amount of people. Right. Do you have any suggestions like WonderCon? 
Uh, so there's WonderCon. Um, as far as Texas goes, there is Texas Comic Con. I've heard a lot of really good things about really? it. I haven't had the ability to go yet because it never fit with my schedule. Okay. Do you know when I, that is? I, I want to say June or July. I could be wrong, though. <laughs> is, that, is that in Austin or that's Austin Comic Con? Uh, you know what? I think it is in Austin because there's Texas Comic Con and then there's Austin Comic Con. Oh, okay. So there's two separate ones. Austin Comic Con's a ton of fun. It's a lot like San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, we Not as big, went. though. So We almost went like two years ago. I think we actually went to the convention center. And then and we ended up going to some like after party, and we got to saw, uh, see Norman Reedus walk in. We're like, what? Nice! Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that, I got Okay, there was a moment that it just <laughs> made me so happy. I was. We were standing there, and... I kid you not. There's like, a big like commotion. We're like, what's going on? Yeah, there's like all this all these people, and I'm like, we're we're like two people from getting into the door to this place that we're like, we just got to get in here because obviously there's got to be something good going on. Right. And then I look to my right, and there goes Norman Reedus passing by me, oh, and he man. looks at me and he smiles, and I smile back, <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yes, got <laughs> uh, a moment. It was your, fantastic. Your man crush, man. It is my that major, is awesome. major man crush. And, oh, uh, that is awesome! Yeah. And then we we uh, went in the bathroom. When, <laughs> he smiled uh, at what, you. What was what was the guy? What was his brother? What was his his actual name? It was Reedus's brother. Yeah, uh, Merle was his name in the show. But oh, what's the character's I name? I forget or, his name. Okay. Oh, anyway, um, yeah, I know who you're talking about though. Merle was there too, and he was walking in the bathroom when I was walking in, so that was kind of cool. Nice, nice. But um, I wonder how yeah. these people feel when like. You were in those settings. Like, you know everyone's looking at you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just be like, I don't want to even... I just look down. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Viggo Mortensen is actually... I think he's pretty uh, introverted. As I could see that. Might not I seem. I could see that. Yeah. So, I can only imagine how he has to deal with all this stuff. I don't even know if he goes to any of these, you know, events and things. Anyway. So, <laughs> I think... I can't remember if we talked about this when we were off air or on recording, but best cons for cosplay that you've been to so far? So my absolute favorites for best cosplay are Costume Con and Dragon Con. Okay, that's right, okay. Yeah, Costume Con is basically, if you are into any type of cosplay or crafting, go there. You will learn everything and then some and be amazed by all the cool things people come up with. Um, And what's really cool about that one is that they also bring in like fashion designers and people who work in like the film and Broadway industries. Oh, okay. So you get like a little bit of everything there. It's really cool. Where's that um, one at? See, Costume Con, they move around every now and then. I think they're back in Denver, Colorado. They may have changed location Ooh. again, though. That's cool. Yeah, so it's really cool. And usually they take place like around the winter. Okay. Uh, then Dragon Con, it's like creativity times 100 in the most ridiculous manner fa- possible. Like, I- I've seen flying spaghetti monsters there. <laughs> you said Dragon Con, right? <laughs> Dragon yeah, Con, Dragon yeah. Con. Okay. This is the one that takes place in Atlanta, downtown Atlanta. They literally shut down the entire city for Dragon Con. What? Wow. Yeah, yeah I it looked takes, up that cool. and it looked very interesting. Oh, yeah. It's busy. It's crowded. It smells funky at, at times. <laughs> oh, um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah some but, people yeah. just don't shower, do they? No, they do not. And it's terrible. But it's, <laughs> what's, it's just so cool because everybody in the city really gets involved with it. Like, they shut down all the main streets Saturday morning for a huge parade. Um, all of the vendors and all of the restaurants in the area like totally do cool discounts and dress things up just for Dragon Con. Like everybody has a blast with it. But oh. it's just you get to see all these cool mashups and you're like, okay, why do we have Destiny armor in like these 
Playboy bunny suits. <laughs> oh my god! I've okay. seen that. I've seen that. It's just like these weird things. I'm like, this is awesome because you don't see it anywhere else. <laughs> right. I'm all about. It. I'm slowly getting sucked into this whole community. It's not. I don't think it's going to be a good thing for me because <laughs> I have addictive personality as well. No, no. Say, uh, imagine all your money going towards that and not yeah. towards drugs, and your parents will be happy. Well, there you go. There yeah. You go. Yeah. About that. It's your anti-drug. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I tell my drug dealer, sorry, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so what advice would you give uh, new cosplayers starting out, such as Austin here? <laughs> <laughs> Please, help me. First off, Google is your friend. Oh, yeah. Please use it as a tool before you start asking questions. And it's so funny that I see a lot of new cosplayers start out saying, you know, how do I make this? How do I do this? Where do I buy this? And I just keep thinking, Google, Google it. <laughs> It'll tell you everything you want to know. I mean... Even like five years ago, we didn't have half the content that's already out there on Google for cosplayers. Oh, I bet. So yeah, there's a ton of videos and tutorials and just so much stuff. Oh, I bet you, <laughs> yeah, I bet you YouTube's like chock full of all that stuff. Yeah, I was looking up uh, cosplay for beginners or something or techniques and there was already mm -hmm. like I found like 50 books you can get on oh, cosplay yeah. building. I was like, whoa. Yeah, and really, it's just taking your time to watch the videos, learn new stuff that way, and that'll answer most of your questions right there. <laughs> yeah, thank you, the Internet. Abuse the research. <laughs> right. Yeah. Awesome. I have um, a few other questions for you right here about Comic-Cons. Yeah. So I've been looking up Comic-Cons for this year that I want to go to. Mm -hmm. um, have you heard of Comic-Palooza? Comic yes, Comic-Palooza. I'm fully aware of Comic-Palooza. How's that? I have heard mixed reviews about it. It's trying too hard to be like um, Wizard World. Okay. And they get a little messy when it comes to like photography equipment. They're not the most friendly with photographers, mm. which kind of huh. sucks. Um, but I have heard that it is a pretty friendly con. Um, it tends to be fairly well received. We don't have as many comic book conventions in Texas, so I think people tend to gravitate to whichever one they could get their hands on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What about a uh, Phantomy Con? I don't think I've heard of that one before. What is it called again? Fanime Con? Like anime, but with fan at the beginning? Oh, are yeah. you talking about uh, Fanime in uh, California? Yeah, San Jose, California. Yeah, yeah, I'm heading there this year. Oh, nice. Yeah, Fanime. Um, last time I was there was in 2014, so it's been a little bit of time. Um, I love it because it's just, it's like anime mecca. Really cool on the costumes. Um. Any anime costume and anime series you can think of, there's a costume of it there. Man. And it's just the weather is worth it. <laughs> I think if anything, just go for the weather alone because it's always like 72. Oh, nice yeah, San Jose is nice. sunny. It's just great. And it's really good food too. Side note. Okay. So you said San Jose, right? Yeah, San Jose. Mm -hmm. Have you been to the Winchester Mansion out there? I have, yes. Isn't that place incredible? It is spectacular. It's fantastic. It was a I love film it. In. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the uh, Winchester Mansion was built by the, uh, like a heir to the Winchester Rifle Fortune. Oh. And she was kind of crazy a little bit, I guess. And oh. Went to a uh, psychic, and the psychic told her that she was basically being haunted by the the spirits or whatever that were killed by the Winchester rifle. I got so you. they said the only way to solve this or whatever was just trick these spirits that were haunting her home. So she started just building and building and building, and she would build like stairwells that led up to the ceiling and like doors on the second floor that led out into the garden below, and just all these things that kind of trick the spirits. And she was building up until she died mm -hmm. and okay yeah i did i did massive mansion that, of craziness it was so cool didn't they do it's um cool. some tv show based on that they might have 
I wouldn't be surprised if they had. Yeah, like, uh, it's like Rose 160 or... rooms of craziness. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they have a tour for all that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, man, that's creepy. Yeah, our tour guy was pretty good. We walked in a room one time, and he like closed the door behind us, and he was like, "Yeah, if this door in front of us wasn't open, we'd be locked in here." I was like, <laughs> "Don't tell me that," because <laughs> there was nice. only the doorknob was only on one side of the door, oh, so the other man. side didn't have a doorknob at all. So, so it's like that other side tricked. was yeah, that's oh, how she tricked him gosh. and stuff. It was crazy. That was fun. Wow. All right, good, one good last stuff. one. Emerald City Comic Con. I have a lot of people that I know who are going there this year. They they like the atmosphere. They like how big the dealer's room is. <laughs> that seems to be the, the key thing there is how much money can we spend in this one spot? <laughs> uh, so they get some primo dealers out there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, all these like I've looked into and they all look really, really awesome. Gotcha. But I just don't have enough money to go. <laughs> I know. It's like, which There's one so do many. I want to pick and choose? It's like, do you want to do more comic or do you want to do like more anime? I want to do oh, more, more like oh. game stuff. That's what I need to find. Right, right. The good, the no, I, mean, ones. I mean, I like to do a little bit of both and, you know, more game than anything, but. um. Then I would yeah. probably favor uh, Fanime a little bit more because they tend to be have a little bit more gaming areas involved, um, okay. more competitions and stuff. Uh, comic conventions are kind of a hit and miss when it comes to gaming, like yeah. especially our you. local comic conventions here in DFW. They almost never touch video games at all. Gotcha. I guess it's not a it's not a make or break for for me at all. Yeah. Right. Any yeah, place we, I can go and meet like really cool people. That's all. That's yeah. All yeah. About. Experience. Um. Okay, so coming back to the video games for a little bit, um, are you a PC or console gamer or both? I want to say I'm a console gamer, but I've been so heavy on PC and abusing Steam lately that I've kind of transitioned to PC. Nice. <laughs> so funny. Like, I feel like there, you know, like three or four years ago, there was these articles coming out that the PC's dying and it's going to go under and nobody's going to play it anymore. And now I feel like the PC community has just grown exponentially yeah. in the last couple years it's yeah. crazy well it's cheaper now to build a pc it really is like i yeah. remember when i mean i guess graphic cards now are still like 800 bucks depending on which one you get but right. i mean all the ones that were like really really awesome back in the day like the 700 series gtx mm-hmm. like they're like 200 bucks now or something yeah i mean you could technically build a tower for less than 500 bucks oh yeah it can last you a few years too yeah, yeah. exactly um so is this, is, has there been a video <laughs> game that has like kind of kind of uh i guess changed your life a little bit or had some kind of like big impact on your life um there are probably three games that i could look to um in regards to that uh first one that comes to mind is final fantasy 4 it's one of my favorite games um and I'm one of those people where I started Final Fantasy like when the very first Final Fantasy came out. So like, oh, okay. I'm super old school on that. <laughs> so when I was young, um, Final Fantasy IV really taught me empathy and the importance of friendship. Oh, cool. The way yeah. that storyline was designed, it it was like the first game that made me cry. Wow. wow. Yeah. Um, the second one was Nights into Dreams, like that one oh, I've that already one, talked yeah. about. But then the third one, and this is probably going to get a bunch of chuckles out of it, uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. (laughs) Please explain. There's good reason behind this, I promise. Um, Because I was still pretty young when this game came out. It helped me understand that the world is not as big as it seems, um, and that every action has a consequence. And it also gave me my great love for 80s music. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, same here. (laughs) (laughs) I walked away from anything from just blood and shooting and massacres. 80s music. 
yeah, music. that was a great game. You know, I never actually bought Vice City. I would always go rent it at the video store, and I don't yep. or like Hollywood Video or whatever. I don't know why I never actually purchased the game because I probably spent more on it when it was all said and done. Right, but. I learned my lesson later on because after Vice City was it San Andreas that came out after no, Vice yep. City? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, yeah Grand Theft good Auto stuff. Three was the one that I bought like three times over after I finished renting it at Black Blockbuster. That my brother did the same thing too. <laughs> and my dad was like, "How many times you rented this?" I was like, "Uh, uh I have to buy I it three times." Buy <laughs> it. <laughs> He's like, "Well, we should just bought it for you." I'm like, "We well, didn't say that at the beginning." <laughs> um. So what's the uh, what's the future hold for you here? Like in five years, where do you where do you see yourself? So in five years, I hope I can still keep my current job because I love it a lot. Okay, there you <laughs> go. Um, with my podcast, CosPod, um, I really do hope that we continue with what we've been doing. We keep growing and we keep adding more listeners. We've been doing it for five years, so we keep thinking, oh, this is going to be our last year, but we still keep pushing forward. Yeah. Um, and it's just fun to keep talking about cosplay. So you can never go wrong with that. It's just two of you, isn't it? It is just two of us. Yeah. We have a couple of correspondents that we talk to that are around the country. So they can give us like little insight and news with other conventions that we can't make it out to. Okay. Nice. But yeah, that's always cool. And we interview a ton of cosplayers too. So that's always exciting. So how do you go about finding them? Is it just who you meet or just you kind of reach out to some people? A lot of times they reach out to us. They find our podcast on iTunes or watch our videos on YouTube and they contact us and they're like, hey, we have an interview or we have like this stuff that we're doing at a convention. We'd like to share it with you. Okay. That's really really cool. Man. I know. I like it when they give us free content. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Saves me half the trouble. Right, right. Um, But then I also would like to see my blog, The Geek Spot, really start growing leaps and bounds. I wanted to take on more game reviews I've been slacking on that horribly lately, but mostly it's because I don't get the games for free. I have to buy them, and my budget's no, big. You hate that. <laughs> so I'm trying to get better about doing that, and I also want to get more into streaming online games and maybe get a following from that too. I play so often that I should be streaming more, and I just keep forgetting to hit the button to stream. <laughs> I understand. So, yeah, yeah, too. I'm, I'm like <laughs> playing every once. In a while. I don't. I don't play as much as I should, but. When I do play, I'm I'm not thinking about oh I should take a picture of this to like share on social <laughs> right. media. I should exactly. I should do I, I, all it's these been a things. snowball for me like more because I, I I'm the one who like really mans Instagram, so I'm always like having to Snapchats or like snap pictures of the games and and now I'm like I'm starting to stream a lot more. But at first mm-hmm. it was really weird and like uh, like people watching me play video games. Right, it's just like this. This is weird phenomenon. I don't understand that. <laughs> Thank you. Like, I, I feel like everyone else is on board and like all about this. Yeah. But I'm like, why don't you just want to play it yourself? You know, <laughs> why watch someone else? What I've been doing is I have this series that I started called First Play, kind of a play on Let's Play. Um, oh, nice. But instead of me like playing something that I've played like 500 times before and giving silly commentary, I'm picking games that I've never played and then doing those for the first time live. Okay. Because I think the reaction that I get is much more genuine. And then people can kind of have fun with it. And it's funny just to see the comments that come up being like, why didn't you do this? I didn't know I could do that. Yeah, right. (laughs) So I'm cool with that. And that always just seems much more fun to me. That's awesome. Wow. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, pretty awesome. I like that. Um, So if you could choose a sweet, like one, one dessert to eat the rest of your life, what would that be? Okay, so this one is ridiculously specific, but I love these things so much. It's a lemon meringue mousse truffle from Godiva Chocolates. 
Wow. It is a limited edition item, which is probably oh. a good thing because I would probably eat nothing but those and be happy for the rest <laughs> of my life and get diabetes. <laughs> All right. But it is just so damn good. It just It's sweet and it's salty and you don't have to worry about the weird oh. crunch of the pie crust. And it's just it's like silk in your mouth. It is so damn good. Is it like a filling? <laughs> like it's a chocolate filled? Yeah. So it's okay. basically a oh, chocolate yeah, filled yeah, yeah. with lemon. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. It is so good. You and had me at salt and chocolate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, so we'll take a break and we'll be back here in a second to talk about some games with Valerie. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. All right, and we're back. Um, we have still Valerie here with us and um, going to open it up to games we've been playing lately and i want to start out with rocket league it's been a long time since we've talked about rocket league and uh me and austin played it the other night with travis and they have some uh new maps that are out now so normally rocket league has the traditional like you have a goal on the one side and a goal on the other side and it's a standard size kind of soccer field football field kind of map well now they're doing these traditional rocket league lab maps and one of them that i really like a lot is a map where there's two goals that are on the same side that are kind of form the shape of a V and then the field itself wraps around like a donut and it's a big oval. So you have to go around the donuts to get to the other side of the goal, to get to the opposing goal and make a goal. But the catch is you can go through the goal and out the other goal and to loop around in a big huge circle. So it's kind of hard to explain without like right. visually seeing it but it's really cool. I like it and I don't like it. I feel like the ball gets down each side of the field a lot faster. Yeah. And that is, I think, kind of a negative. But then the positive is you can, when you loop around, you can come around the other goal and come straight through to the other side of the goal. So instead of like having to go to the goal and then whip around, you're just yeah. going right at it. So if a ball is coming in, you can literally knock that thing out. Yeah, you in like can block second. it really quick. And that's really nice. But it's, it's, it's definitely a change in the game. Yeah. It brought me back to it. Then they had another one that's um, the the sides of the map are kind of elevated. And then so you have like the curve that usually the curve yeah, just goes straight up the wall. Yeah. But it's a curve that it's levels out now. into like a plateau on the sides. And then you have so you'll jump up the sides and you'll just kind of go f airborne for a little bit as you're trying to get to the ball. And that kind of creates an interesting twist on the game. But I like it. It's brought me back. Oh, yeah. And then they had the Batmobile car coming out, oh, which I'm so excited about. It's so good. Cannot wait for that. It's going to be amazing. I feel like I've dropped too much money on this game already. Yeah, even though we got it for free, which is yeah, crazy. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> about an all their DLC up until... Well, that's the last DLC they had was the, the Mad Max one. Yeah, the Mad Max one, okay. yeah. yeah. That was cool. Um, Valerie, you said you, you played the game, Rocket League? I have. It's been a little while. A while um, yeah. I know some people have been like going crazy over it since the video game awards. And I just like that. It's a silly concept and you can just kill a couple of minutes doing that yes. and you still have fun at the end of it. Even if you lose. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Do you, do you do ranked or do you just go in for free play? Oh, just free play. Yeah. I don't take it too seriously. I think it's more fun like that. PC or the PlayStation. PC. Yep. Nice. Everyone on PC owns us. They could do all those crazy uh, aerial tricks that we can't right? do. I don't know. I don't know why it's like, so difficult on on the console i don't know i don't I, know what it is about the controller setup but it's just something about doing it with like a ps4 controller you're just like this makes no sense <laughs> you can just push a bunch of, couple of keystrokes and you can make it work so i don't know yeah yeah i um i opened my steam account the other day and 
somehow I have Rocket League on the PC. Wait, what? But I don't know nice. how I got it. It just happened. I don't. I don't remember ever paying for it. But <laughs> it's in my account. I don't think like... <laughs> so. I mean, because I got it for free on the PlayStation, and my friend was telling me, "Is like, oh man, we need to play together." But you know, if you you can play with PC players on the PlayStation, but you can't connect to them. So right. I was trying to figure out what we could do, and I was like, "Oh, maybe I'll go buy it on the PC." And I looked at my account, and there it was. So uh, well, nice. I don't you know. know what happened, but I haven't played it actually yet on the PC. But I need to give it a try on there and see what it see how it changes but yeah so uh you guys have been playing the walking dead or austin just finished it valerie you finished already oh yeah Tell me about I'm this game. all the way up <laughs> go for it or the walking dead michonne specifically the yeah, new, the the new, new one, one that came out the yeah. new series that came out all about michonne yeah which i've been looking forward to because she's one of my favorite characters in the show and i just like how this game maker looks so much more badass than she already was <laughs> and if that was even possible it's like now she's even more of a badass oh my goodness <laughs> i love the voice actress for her it's almost yes. spot on i mean you can tell that it's not her but the way that she portrays michonne is just glorious mm-hmm. have you been watching uh, the new season so far I've been trying to stay up to date with it. I did see the latest episode, so okay. Yeah. So you saw uh, everything that went down. Oh yeah, it, it, it's funny how like that's like their quote unquote happy episode. Like that's the good stuff for <laughs> the Walking Dead. That's the good stuff, right? Like, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was a little more lighthearted this this go around. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely not my favorite episode. It's, yeah, it's not my favorite, but I do think that from where they stopped with the mid-season finale, this is kind of picked up, and it's like, okay, I can kind of redeem you, because I was not too happy after the last finale. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know Andrea is supposed to still be alive, like, at least in the comics, and her and Rick get together? Oh, really? Yeah. Did not know that. That was I was like, that's weird. I read the first, <laughs> like, five comics, and then I stopped. I have them somewhere. I need to pick them up again, but, yeah. Um, okay, so The Walking Dead Michonne... Um, how would like is it it's worth playing obviously so Definitely. tell me a bit about the story like what how does it is it where does it fall in line with the other Walking Dead Telltale games Um, I would say it's pretty much on par with the rest of them so what they've done with the other stories is that they've kind of like taken extra characters or made new characters and have put them in the Walking Dead universe to see how they measure up and kind of give more of an idea of how the outbreak began and all that type of stuff um, and this one with Michonne, it's really like the antagonists are morally dubious leaders and a makeshift settlement, like the whole mess up that we have with the TV show itself. It's like the governor, um, basically. Yeah. What it seems like for the two characters that are like the bad guys. Okay. Yeah. And like Randall, I think, was one of the characters' names. Um, mm-hmm. He's like the ridiculous, over the top, super evil, and it's almost kind of cartoonish with how evil he is. It is. I, that's what I don't <laughs> like about video games in general. Like, um, I've been watching. Uh, or I finished Agent Origins, mm-hmm. the little miniseries for Division. Right. And it's just like these are the good guys and these are the bad guys. And I'm like, well, why? Like, wait, I need to know like more. There's there's got to be more depth in 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 this these characters, and they're not just bad because they're bad, you know. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think you get that with a lot of video games in general. It's just kind of like video game logic. <laughs> <laughs> game logic exists. <laughs> yeah. So is this game a prequel to the other ones or is it kind of along this, does it follow like a parallel timeline to the other events of the previous games or is it completely different? Like they don't even tell you, set that up of it being related to like the walking dead seasons one and two. Ooh, you know what? Yeah, that's actually a really good 
point. I don't really know if this actually puts like a certain timeline on where this takes place. I, I take it as a spinoff. Uh, yeah. But I use that very lightly because, I mean, yeah. it's all in the same universe. But I don't, yeah, there is no point in time. It's like, okay, so this happened before. I mean, I think you're, this is happening before Michonne becomes, you know, Michonne. Right, and, yeah. Uh, and that. So, I mean, I guess it is kind of an origin story. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like that. But there's only three episodes. Yeah, I, I think it was about two hours I played. Yeah. Something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I was wondering if they were going to like spin it in like have some kind of I mean, maybe they'll do it later on the episodes of like you know maybe at some point you'll run into um um uh clementine or something like that and, That'd like, be yeah cool. maybe something Encounter. like that that'd be nice yeah bring like tie the stories together a little bit so i'd just be curious to see how that plays into everything because i mean the walking dead seasons one and two they had they had herschel from the comics and they had right. Um, kind of wasn't Glenn in there for a little bit. Yeah, Glenn was in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but they weren't really tying that to the show, were they? No, no, I'm not. More, I'm not saying oh, okay, tying okay. to the show necessarily, but or I'm just, saying because Michonne is such a dominant character from the show. Yeah, but like, are they just doing that because the show's so popular, or is that going to be part of the storyline that Telltale? Has I created? gotcha. Okay. Yeah, my bad. That's that's what I'm kind of going with because I don't it, I don't know if it's supposed to be a prequel to like who is the who's the black guy's name that was in the first one, the the character you played. Oh, oh goodness, what's his name? <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> We're gamers. Oh, brain fart. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, so yeah let, it has let, been. Let's call him brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh I it's on it's on the tip of my tongue. It's like a very short name. But um well that guy, like he he where was I even going with that? I lost my point. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, like I, I was, I was wondering if they were going to tie those stories together, and that Michonne was part of that same universe that he and Clementine were occupying, and that they were going to somehow bring them together later on, or if it's just we're just going to do the Walking Dead universe, but they're not related to the Clementine and that guy's story, and it's just let's just do a Michonne story that's based more on the comic books than it is our own story that we've created, right. So I don't know how that plays into it. Lee, there we go. Lee, that's it. I knew it was something short and simple. (laughs) Thank you, internet. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm I mean, I hope, I hope they tie it in somehow. But I mean, I hope they stay true to the comics, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, this, I think this is untouched territory technically. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been reading the comics, so maybe they've kind of got into Michonne's past. But I mean, you said it's this. They were changing it up a bit or something? Yeah, I read somewhere that they said that Michonne, they changed Michonne's backstory in this from what you know from the TV show, I guess. I don't know if that's, if you guys experienced that or not, but. I don't even know her backstory. They said she's got a different something or another, like, happening to her. But it looked like when I saw the previews, it's very specific. They had the whole, <laughs> they had the whole thing where she, like, started out with having the, um, the, the walkers that she carried with her and stuff like that. Like, was that present in this game or was this but after I, the fact? I feel like that's where we're going to end. Okay. I think so too. I think that's where it's going to end up leading us. Like maybe right before she like meets the group or like, you know, mm-hmm. what we see in the show, her and Andrea are together or however, however it works out in the comics. I don't okay. know. Yeah. I hope that that's where they're going to go with this. And again, it, as you said, it would be nice if they could tie all this in together because it feels yeah. like it's just too many extra stories that have no connection or bearing to what's going on with the show or with the comic books. Yeah. It'll be interesting. So did they bring any new like gameplay elements into this or is it pretty much it's the telltale walking dead with just different story? 
Telltale Walking Dead. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I do have to say, though, that the point-and-click exploration sections of it were kind of a nice break from the super zombie intense action. I think it paced itself a little bit better than some of the other Walking Dead episodes. Yeah, yeah. it feels more refined. Yeah. How everything plays out, story-wise. Um, but everything still looks the same, which is fine. I- I'm playing on my ultra-wide 4K monitor, so... It actually looks awesome, and I love the menus. The way, like stylistically, the yeah. menu, yeah. like right when you come in, I'm like, dang, I really want to play this game now. <laughs> and even like, cause there's like the menu with all the settings and stuff, you know, and click, and then you yeah. hit play. And then it goes to another menu that shows you the episode you're on, and that looks awesome. So I don't know who designed it or if they got yeah. new designers, but everything's a lot more. Polished. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I like how when you when you transition from episode to episode, they the they have multi layers of things that are moved. It's like parallax kind of effect that you see on, yeah. on right. the internet and stuff like that as things scroll over top of each other. It's nice, nice little effect. Now I will say that, given where we are now in time with video games, I feel like it it could be a lot more refined, especially in the graphic wise. Like I don't like some of the lighting, yeah. but towards the end of it, like you're on a boat and you can see the like. See the sun in the distance, and I guess there's like clouds that kind of like blur it out a bit, or I don't know. They kind of diffuse the sun, and I thought that looked really cool, but they didn't take advantage of it. I don't know if you remember that. that. It's got a very telltale look to it. Exactly. It's one of those things where you either like it or you hate it. Yeah. Were were you uh, going fast and flipping burgers on the boat? (laughs) Like like, like in I'm I'm on the boat from uh, (laughs) the Lonely Island, flipping burgers. I could go for a burger right now. Um, Cool. Well, I'll have to give that a try and check it out sometime. So yeah, people said they weren't liking it, or it was subpar or something like that. No, yeah, it was I've got just, mixed reviews about it. Yeah, I've heard different things, and but most of it was just that they, it sounded like they changed the character of who we know as Michonne a little bit. But I gotcha. I don't know. I think it starts off slow, but as it starts progressing, like more things happen, and I felt like, well, literally, quite literally, like you're the way the what you say. And stuff and do like affect other people like dramatically. Yeah, I mean maybe I'm blowing it out. Starting to figure that out more. Like I said something or I lied to this woman and she ended up like hurting this dude. Yeah, I'm like oh maybe I shouldn't say anything. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> what did I do? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious to try. So you play as Michonne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, because I'm I I loved how they transitioned from season one to season two. Where at season one you're playing Lee, he's this guy who's really mm-hmm. um, kind of tough and like definitely wants to do the right thing, but um, has a past that he didn't always do the right thing. And then he finds this girl Clementine. He's like, okay, well this is my chance to kind of make up for some of my my bad things that I've done in the past. And then you go to season two where you play as Clementine, and that was just such a cool transition into going from i mean it's just night and day in the way that the characters were where you have oh, this yeah. girl who she's a girl she's young but in a way she's way more sensible and logical than all of the adults that she's surrounding herself with and i thought that was really cool how they kind of pulled that like how they created that character so well so i'm curious to see how they deal with michonne because she's a character that we already have a preconceived notion about and we already know who she is Whereas these other two characters, they were developing that character for us. So that'll be cool to see. But I haven't experienced it yet, so I don't know. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, a, it's a play for sure. It's a play. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we always say whenever we're playing games or whatever, um, at the end of it, rather than giving it a number rating, we're just like, 
is it a work or is it a play? Because if it's work, then obviously you don't want to play it because it feels like work. But if it's a play, then it's actually fun to play. So that's kind of how we rate our games. That's smart because, you know, it, numbers are so arbitrary. They it's are, like, yeah. It, it's like what may be a five to one person may be an eight to another. And it's just mm-hmm. like, ah, the, I hate the number system. Exactly, yeah. So this is just like, yeah, we liked it. So if you agree with our opinions, then go with it, you know. Yeah, there you go. So. Keep it simple. Um, so Valerie, you've been playing Street Fighter Five. Tell us been, about this game. How I've been trying feel? to play Street Fighter Five. <laughs> you've been trying to play. Do tell, do tell. So um, I have been a Street Fighter fan for as long as I can possibly remember. And since you guys had mentioned it so lovingly to me, it made me feel extra old that Street Fighter 2 is 25 years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I used to play the crud out of that game with my brother. Yeah. Um, so like I was like, okay, release date. I'm going to get Street Fighter 5. It's going to be awesome. And I surprised myself and I got it on PC because I'm such like a console gamer and nice. especially for something like Street Fighter, you need to have a controller. Right. Um, so I did hook up my PS4 controller so I could play it properly. Um, but I had a nice little discount on Steam, so I got it on Steam. <laughs> um, awesome. But it's one of those games where I want to like it because it's Street Fighter and it's Capcom and I have such a strong history with them. But I can't like it because it's still so broken and it hurts my heart so much. Um well, I guess I should probably start with some of the good things because there are some good, nice things they did to the game to make it better. Okay. Um, the big thing that they did was they replaced uh, Street Fighters Four Ultra Meter with what they call the V skill, and the V skill basically rewards you for mastering new abilities and any combos that you learn over time. So you can trigger the V trigger and do special moves. Okay. So it's basically rewarding the player who actually takes the time to learn stuff. Ah, uh, okay. So rather than button mashing, you can. Yeah, you'll yeah, get get rewarded for that. Okay, that's exactly. Cool. So it's more about skill and taking the time to learn things. I mean, you'll still build up that V trigger to do the special moves if you get beat up a lot. <laughs> yeah, but you can get just as many points for learning how to do good combos. Now, r- real quick, you said you're playing on PC. So are you playing with the mouse and keyboard, or do you have a controller? I have a controller. God, okay. I would never be I was able to say. Do it I don't know how you even play with the with a keyboard, but <laughs> I think I would bash my head into the wall if I did that. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, Okay, so that that's a good good add on. What else? What else do they bring to the table? That's pretty. I mean, how how does it look visually? Is uh, the graphics is pretty great? You know what? Visually, I actually like it a lot. They've taken this watercolor painted effect from Street Fighter Four, and they've basically done it up a notch. Okay. So you can see more vibrant backgrounds. The clothing and the hair move a lot more fluidly. It just looks a lot cleaner than it did in past Street Fighter games. Yeah. So that's something I really appreciated about it, too. I know that's kind of like one of those things that some gamers don't really like the look of it, but I think it's kind of cool and unique. Yeah. Definitely makes it stand out from all the other fighting games that are I was going to say, there. it's a stark contrast to Mortal Kombat X, for example, which is like dark and exactly you know, brutal and bloody. This is a nice, nice change of pace. I used to play Street Fighter on, it was on the first PlayStation. I don't know which one it was that was on that PlayStation, if there was more, I mean, maybe there was more than one. Do you remember? Uh, I want to say maybe three and ultra. Okay. And maybe it's probably Fighter those three, two. I used to play with my friend all the time on that, that game. And I, I love street fighter, street fighter and Tekken. Tekken was a big game. I used to oh, play a lot. Tekken yeah. Okay. Tekken great. Yeah. That was, I wish they would bring that back. Cause that was, that was a, so much fun. It you guys really remember was. Mortal Kombat on Nintendo 64? Yeah, there was. Uh, which one was that? That was the okay. one where, like, at the end of it, like, you would. It's like Mortal Kombat Two or something. Yeah, if you like died yeah. or whatever, they throw you in the spike pit or something yeah. like that. Yes. 
I used to play that for hours with my dad. My which mom, I probably should have, but you know. <laughs> my mom used to walk in and she was like, What is going on? It's like, oh, it's just a you know, it's just, just a, a fighting game. People dying through spikes, you know, no big deal. It's not real. So um That was like my experience with uh South Park. Oh <laughs> gosh. Mom was like, We're at Blockbuster. She's like, Oh, this looks like a good cartoon here, watch it. Oh, I bring it home, I watch like I don't know, four episodes on it, and my grandma was there, and she's like, what is this? I was like, mom said I could watch. <laughs> That's awesome. That's pretty great. From that point on, I was addicted to South Park. Nice. So uh, so how are the fighting mechanics in Street Fighter? They are a lot cleaner, and I think what's really cool is that they actually went back to some of their older characters and redesigned how some of their fighting mechanics work. Okay. Like A good example of this is Vega. Um, for me, Vega is usually my second character. I have Cami first, and Vega is my backup. And people typically use Vega mostly for short combat. He's not really known for high damage, but he tends to be really good at blocking and defending himself. Um, but what they did this time around is that you can actually have the ability to swap between his fist or his claws. Okay. Um, in the past, if you lost your claws, that was considered a disadvantage, and you were most likely going to die because that was his most powerful attack. But that's now no longer the case. Like the claws actually give you a long range ability. You move a little bit slower, but the benefit is that you have much more powerful attacks. But if you switch to the fist, you have more mobility, you have more dynamic takedowns, but your attacks are not as strong. Okay. So he's definitely been rebalanced. And that's kind of cool to see. It's it's been necessary for so long for some of their characters. So the fighting mechanics themselves feel very clean, very fluid. You still have some of the trademark like Hadoukens and whatnot, so it's not like all the classics have gone away. Yeah. Uh, but even with some of the newer characters, it all feels like they've been balanced well enough that there is no one character that stands out as the best of the best amongst the rest of them. It's just really about you as a gamer and your skills. Okay, that's awesome. That's been really nice to see. Uh, the downside to all of it is that most of the content you can only play online with other players and their servers are still yeah. screwed up. Oh, are they really? Yeah, I heard day it, one people were like, no. <laughs> it happening. has just been a nightmare. What, what's been killing me is that there is no single, single player arcade CPU mode. I heard that. And I'm like, what were they Why? thinking? Well, I heard that. And that's like a staple with, with Street Fighter because a lot of what they do is differently from the other characters, or like from the other fighting games, I should say, is that they focus on character development and giving them these really cool backstories. And they don't really have that anymore. <laughs> it sucks. So, wow. Yeah, because I heard like the story they said is like super short and there really mm-hmm. isn't much to it. And apparently they're bringing out the full story. Like this is the prologue to the full story that they're going to release as like downloadable content later on or something. Uh-huh. And it's like, that's that's not right. That you're asking me to pay for DLC to get the full story. It's not free. They're actually, you have to actually pay for it. That they're, so far, they're saying they're ha- you have to pay for it. I'm what? thinking with all the backlash that they've had so far, they're probably going to change their minds. Yeah, they're going to have gonna to. Have to. <clears throat> well, I heard, I was talking to someone else who's a big Street Fighter fan um, the other weekend, and he was like, yeah, they're bringing it out now because they're having a huge esports tournament in uh, Las Vegas this, this summer. Mm-hmm. So, like, they wanted something new out there for people to, uh, you know, I guess it's been a few years with. since they actually, you know, released something new. Right. And so, it's kind of a rush product so people can get really good at it and then, you know, go out there and win money. So in that standpoint, I mean, it makes sense. I get it. But you would think, you know, over time, no. it'd be free DLC. Don't do that to us. Right. Yeah. Make it a good game first. 
Yeah, and it's sad because with Capcom, even if you don't like the content in the game, they usually are so great about releasing finished products, products that are bug-free, products that work really well. Yeah, yeah there might be some weird mistranslations like having a Jill sandwich and whatnot, but <laughs> it's they have good games, and you know you're buying a product that works. Mm. So getting this into my hands and playing it for the first time and going like, I can't do anything because it's broken. Yeah, they let you. It's they like, let what? the fan base down. It's like, and but that's the whole trend right now. Everyone's just releasing broken games, and mm-hmm. I mean, what is the expectation that DLC will fix it later? And it's like, well, I don't want to spend sixty bucks on something that's not finished. Exactly, I don't want to spend sixty bucks on an alpha. Yeah, right? or a beta. I don't know if you got to play Destiny. Yes, yes. What What was your thoughts on that? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's how we felt too. Well, uh, not yeah. a fan. We burned our destinies. Yeah. Yeah, we, we kind of threw them in a fire and burned them because we were we were upset. We were like, holy effigy! They're yeah, the it's like what was it? 140 bucks later. Oh man, so Ouch. so disappointing. Yeah, Ouch. it's well, funny I, too because there's a lot of people that talk about how they kind of had a resurgence, you know, from uh, the Taken King, and they're like, oh, it's getting better, and then it was it just falls apart week. again after <laughs> that. Again. Like, oh, you should try Sparrow Racing League, which is coming out for like three weeks. And then we're gonna pull like that what? away. I'm like, what the heck? Like, why would you do this? Yeah, it was it. That was just all bad form. I mean, I grew up on Halo from my teenage years, so like coming to this game with all that excitement and yeah, they just threw it all away. They literally burned it. <laughs> so I burned Destiny. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. So, um, that's upsetting about Street Fighter because I was really looking yeah. forward to that. I played Mortal Kombat X and I liked it a lot. And I was wanting to play something different. It looks still great. Like the graphics look great. The fighting looks fun. I mean, yeah. I'm all about trying new games. I just got XCOM 2, which I've never ah. played the first one. And I love XCOM 2. So I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe Street Fighter <laughs> 5. But I and guess it's not. one of those things where it's like, I, I really want to like it because they really refine so much of the mechanics. It looks smooth. It plays great. It's just that so much of the content is online only and it forces you to play with other players before you've had the opportunity to learn about the character, how they work, how they move. So they already put you out there into tournament mode before you had a chance to actually learn anything. Yeah. And then you're stuck in tournament mode because character stories are only good for four fights and then you're done. Now, do you know if on the console they have like split screen or not split screen, shared screen or whatever where you can have two people play? I don't know if you've heard of that or not or yeah 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 so it's not split screen it's share screen oh yeah 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 so they, they don't so pc you have that disadvantage because you don't have two controllers you can plug into it like you do with the console necessarily exactly I guess. so that okay so if we got it for console we could so still we could play together in the same room. Oh, yeah. okay yeah cool okay so that that still exists but yeah that's that's a bummer for the uh for the pc players because that's such a well you might be able to do that you know with the xbox dongle yeah, you actually yes. might be able to do that. I haven't had a chance to try it yet. So we did it with the uh, Black Ops Three. Oh yeah, for the zombie That's mode. That's true. We did split screen on the PC with that, which we so, only did that once. Yeah, <laughs> I ended up de- I ended up just deleting it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, like I said, I'm still gonna play it. I'm gonna All make right. it happen. Well, I'll come play with you then. <laughs> um, so uh, Valerie, you said you were playing the Witness a little bit, which we've been wanting to talk about that and get, and we haven't done it yet. How do you like the Witness? I think it's a really pretty, really interesting game. Okay. I, I like the fact that it reminds me a lot of Myst. Yes. Which super old PC game of puzzle weirdness, for those who don't know. Um, it reminds me a lot of that, but it's 
plays a lot with colors and shapes and um, shadows for solving puzzles. Okay. So it's really, really cool. I didn't get very far into it, but it, it's just, it's captured me in a unique way. Like I have to have my brain working in order to play it. Right. That's what everybody's <laughs> saying. It's going to be one of those games that you kind of just jump into every once in a while. I mean, there are like 600 yeah. some puzzles in that game. Yeah. So it would take a while. But yeah, I was reading an article about Jonathan Blow who created it and he said that basically Miss was his ultimate inspiration for the, building this game. And It shows. Yeah. So I, I definitely want to get it just for the exploration. Did you ever play the Talos Principle? No, I wanted to though. It was on my, my bucket list. It's somewhere on my list of 5,000 games I need to get through. I feel like <laughs> that game kind of, I know, right? I feel like that game is probably similar to the witness if okay. i understand it correctly so um, i want to get the witness to see how it compares but like with the talos principle the way you do puzzles because it looked like in the witness you basically go up to like a panel and the puzzle mm-hmm. is on the panel more or less it's not like the puzzles in the world like yeah exactly right okay so Which i thought it would be in the world cause yeah be a lot more interesting i did too and that's what the talos principle does is that the puzzle is in the world so you have all these like at least on a kind of a maze something. space and you have to pick up these little turret things and move them oh, around okay. and they they shoot like it's kind of like playing it kind of feels portal-ish but like you know those little turrets that shoot you in portal and stuff like that yeah, well, yeah, it's yeah. like little things like that and you pick them up and they will like send beams out and you have to send different beams different places to unlock doors while there's these little like bomb things that are like roaming through back and forth on a pathway oh, that's cool and okay. if you get near them they just blow up so you can't <laughs> go near them at all yeah and um so there's it was all like 3d like in the environment solving puzzles and i liked that okay. a lot but there was just so many puzzles and i was, I, I played it for like three or four hours and i was like okay this is too much i'm gonna quit now <laughs> Mental break. Yeah. I have to say that with The Witness, there are puzzles that are very similar to that. You still have to go up to a control panel in order to work the puzzle. Yeah. But you can use the environment to help solve the puzzle. Oh, that's oh, cool. That's interesting. Yeah, okay. so you actually do have those areas where it's like it unlocks a laser that sends you to your next beacon point, And then right. you can do this and this. Um, there's actually a series of puzzles that I really like where you have to wait for a certain time of day for the sun to come up and oh, to wow. create shadows from the trees. And that ends up being the maze that you walk through is through those oh, shadows. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. See, I feel like the witness is going to be like Dark Souls for me. It just seems at, at some point be just so difficult. I'll just get frustrated and quit. <laughs> there are a couple of those puzzles that are really, really hard. And then I have to step back and be like, okay, I need to like not think about this. But then I'll come <laughs> back to it later and then it'll just make sense again. Yeah. I, this woman at IGN, uh, she was on the podcast Beyond. Mm-hmm. Their, their IGN podcast, and uh, she she reviewed it herself before anyone you know before the internet got a hold of it and you know, have all the answers. So she said she had a whole wall dedicated to like figuring out puzzles. She sketched it out and stuff. I'm like, oh wow. my gosh, like I couldn't imagine doing that. Yeah, there's a ridiculous amount of puzzles in this game. Yeah. <laughs> Is it like 600 or something? No, yeah, 600, 650, something like that. Man, jeez, yeah. it's definitely over a 40 hour game. Yes, oh, I've been told. Easily, yeah. yeah. So, awesome. Well, I think that's all we got. Time to I think so. Oh, well, quickly, I played the new uh, Battlefront map. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's it's nighttime. It's snowing. It's, I played on Walker, Walker Assault. I don't know if it's on any other ones. I don't, I don't know. know. I, yeah. I played two rounds of that, and it is really, really awesome. Yeah. I think that's my favorite map. Just the way it's laid out. It has, like, different elevations, and you can shoot from above or shoot from below. There's, like, a, a few ice caves, and, man, there's just so much cover, and... Yeah, I think it's the best map they got so far, especially on Walker Assault. So yeah, 
And cool. <laughs> I've never, I've seen it before. Like you know, uh, some of the X wings or the speeders would just run into the uh, to the walk the walker. Yeah. And literally, there was one time I was like right below it, shooting at it, and I saw like ten planes just like do 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 like simultaneously <laughs> wow. just like bombard it, and the thing went down in like two seconds. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know if that's been reworked or anything to like do more damage, but it was crazy. That's awesome. Anyway, worth the play if uh, you have Battlefront. Cool. Well, I guess that wraps everything up. Valerie, thanks for coming on. Um, Absolutely. Tell us where people can find you on the interwebs. Okay, so for me personally, uh, my Facebook page is probably the best place. It's uh, facebook.com slash Cosplay. That's T-I-F-A-I-A. Uh, my blog is called The Geek Spot. And actually, if you Google it, it'll be the very first link that comes up. So Perfect. easy to find. Um, then for my podcast, Cospod, C-O-S-P-O-D, you Google that as well. We are probably the first five pages of Google. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> nice. so we, are, we are all over the internet and the interwebs on everything possible. We've got Facebook, Instagram, DeviantArt even, and Tumblr. So all right, all right. Easy to find. What's your DeviantArt name? Uh, just Cospod. <laughs> okay, never mind. Okay, I saw, I saw because you were talking about one of your costumes earlier. And so I Googled it and I saw somebody with the same exact costume on DeviantArt. And oh, it it cool. kind of looked like you, but I don't think it was. So I was <laughs> like, that's, that's pretty funny. I'm sure that happens <laughs> all the time. Oh, yeah. People with the same costume. Oh, yeah. But uh, awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on. And uh, if you guys have any questions for us, The Inner Gamer, you can email us at hello at theinnergamer.net. And you can also follow us online by looking up The Inner Gamer on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch like what you hear leave us a review on itunes or tell a friend and we'll be back this friday with our gaming news and random segments my name is brian oski i'm austin morales and you've been listening to the, the inner, inner gamer, gamer.